Hey Denver, it's Paul. We're back. We have a little bit of a bonus episode because today is a very special day in Denver. I'm here with Bree Davies, our host. Bree, hi, how are you? Hi, Paul. I'm good. So what makes this day so special, you ask? Today is the day of the long-awaited opening of the newly renovated Denver Art Museum downtown. It cost $175 million. They've got a new welcome center, the C Welcome Center, and there's now 35,000 square feet more uh, as a part of the museum's 50-year-old north building designed by famed Italian architect Gio Ponti. But Brie, we've been looking forward to this, and every time it comes up, you have this look like it's not quite to your taste. What 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 is going on for you when when you look at this? What are you what are you thinking? I mean, I have conflicted feelings about it because uh, I've spoken many times on the show of the value of art in uh, society in our city, um, the value that I personally have for it. Thanks to my parents who took me to many art museums and art openings as a kid. I, so I feel like I understand the role of art in society. But there was just something about um, the Denver Art Museum doing this expansion in this time in our city that felt a little bit uh, inappropriate or over the top. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> it bothered me. It felt, it felt like a lot of money to spend on something that wasn't necessary. And uh, I just didn't understand. I don't know. I don't understand why we do these sorts of large projects and don't really question them sometimes as taxpayers. Well, let's question it. Well, I mean, you say not necessary. I, I haven't actually seen the new facility. They've been doing these member previews all week. Um, but I've seen pictures and it looks beautiful. Absolutely. It looks lovely. I mean, I'll visit it at some point. My family are <laughs> lifelong uh card-holding members of the museum. Hmm. I have a lot of friends who are artists who have done incredible work uh, in this new space in the museum. So it's a, I, I call it a new front door. So it's a new welcome center on an, on the older building, as well as I think the 35,000 square feet is for like events, which is big bucks in a city like Denver. If you can host events, um, that's where money comes from. And there's t tons of events to be had in pretty much every public or every institution here has some sort of space like this. So it made sense for the museum to add this part on. Um, it just, to me, even just the location of it, when you come to this new Welcome Center, you're walking up to a part of the city that's at the heart of the city. It's also at the heart of our housing crisis. It's where you see most visibly, I think, some of our unhoused neighbors. And it's right across from Civic Center Park, which we know was closed for two months. It's set to be reopened. Um, and the city had many reasons for why they closed the park, but visibly it seemed like it was to remove homeless people. And I just find the juxtaposition of this grandiose exhibition of taxpayer money happening just across the street at the museum to just kind of be in in bad taste. And it just makes me question our values as a city when we look at the things that we need. And part of this um, expansion and new front door were paid for in part by a bond that we passed in 2017. So right now we're looking at a bond for 2021 and bonds are, are 
loans we take out on ourselves as future selves as taxpayers. Um, and in 2017, we passed a bond for $35 million to go to part of this renovation. Um, it wasn't like 2017 was a time when we didn't know that our city was in crisis. Um, it's not like it was 2006 when they opened the new wing of the museum. And I think the average Denverite could not have anticipated what was coming in terms of growth. Um, unless you're a real estate or land speculator, you don't know. And it was a very different time in the city. But 2017, when we passed this bond, we were in the midst of the same affordable housing crisis we're in right now. And it seemed like a, to me, it questioned our values as a city. And again, this was part of a bond that paid for a lot of different projects. I'm not just picking on the art museum. I think what frustrated me about this moment was how much press it got without question. Wasn't like, nobody was like, do we really need this hmm. right now? Well, yeah. Let me let me jump in there for a second because I, the the value you're talking about. What are our values and what are like all this coverage, this breathless coverage of how exciting this opening is? But I think that like what the coverage is not saying and what our values are are that a, like people recognize, or at least the people in power recognize, that a stronger art museum means an economic driver for the region, means more jobs means hopefully more opportunity for people to not get stuck in a cycle of poverty. So that juxtaposition you're talking about, I think I think some people would say like this type of investment is the exact thing that helps us ameliorate that problem. I would ask a family in Montbello who's struggling to pay rent if this museum helps them. I would you know, I would ask some of my unhoused neighbors who share space with me in, in my side of town on the far west side if they've ever been to the art museum. Um, I just don't see a direct connection between the economic, supposed economic drivers of something like an art museum and the everyday Denverite who might be struggling to pay rent. The other thing I would say about that, Paul, is... It was in perfect shape before. We're not talking, I mean, the 50, of course, the Geoponte building is 50 years old. It's lovely. We just, in 2006, we built the addition on that's on the other side of 14th, 13th Avenue. It's on the other side of 13th Avenue. Um, and then they're connected by this bridge. Um, both of those museum structures function great. Every time I've been in there, they're busy as hell. They're not having a problem bringing people into the art museum. So I would argue I just don't it it seemed a little excessive to me. It reminds me a little bit of the bond that we're facing right now and the conversation about this arena um for the National Western Center and trying to connect these kinds of projects to the everyday Denverites needs for right now. Like I was looking at like if I wanted to take the bus from my neighborhood to the Denver Art Museum and I live around Alameda and Federal. Including walking, it would take me almost an hour. Um, the museum's not that far from me. I mean, on public transportation. I, I lived in New York City for a short short year of my life. I took public transit everywhere, and it was incredible. It was life-changing. I could live without a car. Here, it's really difficult to live without a car. And I know from following the RTD meetings, there's a lot of frustration going on in the community right now for bus riders and for or transit advocates in general. What about putting that money towards getting another bus line up and running that had been cut during the pandemic. Like, why can't we have more practical applications of money like this in this moment 
when we really need it. And the art museum just didn't need it. I, I just, I love the art museum, but I don't, I didn't see a need. And it was just frustrating to me to see this unabashed coverage of it without questioning, like, is this a, something we need right now? Hmm. Well, like you said, you, you've been a member or your family have been members of the Denver Art Museum for many years. Like you are very close to the arts community, much more than me. I don't know anything about this. I don't know how this works, but, um, but isn't like a better art museum better for the arts community? That's a great question. Um, and that's something I, I'm glad you brought up because I want to point to the local artists that do work inside of this building are important. Um, and I'm so glad that they are part of this institution. But when it comes to the power structure that a museum at, of this size wields and the political will that it has in a city, it has nothing to do with the artists, particularly the local artists. Um, local artists are not the driver of that economic boon that they're talking about when they're doing like, say the museum, I'm trying to think, I feel like it was like a exhibition of the costumes of Star Wars. <laughs> like, um, cool, but that has nothing to do with the local arts community. And um, yeah, I, I, I just see it. It's kind of a separate thing. It's not, there's institutions in the city that work with artists that I think do a little bit better job on the community side than the dam does. Um, Redline is a great example. They do programming directly for the Five Points community, understanding they built something in the middle of a neighborhood that was gentrifying and they wanted to make sure their doors were open to everybody. And I don't necessarily feel like the dam's doors are open to everybody. And I think that that is visually very clear when you go to visit and our unhoused neighbors are right outside and um, they, they can't just walk in and use the restroom. Um, unlike the Denver Public Library, which is right next to the art museum that provides uh, restrooms, social services, internet access, community, communication, all of these things. And our tax dollars also pay for that. And so that's another one of those juxtapositions, not just Civic Center being right there, but the museum being right next to the library and the library actually providing services for people. Um, and this is, sorry, this is a tangent that's off of not talking about local artists, but um, I just, yeah. I don't, I don't see it necessarily as an dr economic driver involving local artists. I think local artists are a small-ish component of what the Denver Art Museum does. Hmm. Do you think they have a responsibility to do more? Yes. Yes. What would that look like? I th well, they're working towards it. I've seen them do more and more. Like Their Untitled series involves local artists. Um, from what I understand, there's some pieces or installations in this new um, renovated wing that are local artists. Um, I saw a couple of Jordan Castile's in the the Welcome Center. That's cool. I was going to say Jordan Castile's had an exhibition there, um, and Jordan is local, and that's incredible. But I would say what percentage of that makes up all of the programming for the the year or whatever? Um, not that much. So I would love to see more of that. But yeah, the the dam is doing a good job. They could do better. So that, that's the dam side. I mean. Who else do you feel like is responsible in this? Who else would you want to see making different choices? Um, political leaders. So the way that bonds come together is the Hancock administration or the administration in uh, that's, that's in office at that moment um, 
puts together a whole bunch of things that could be put into a bond, uh, different projects across the city, different kinds of projects, infrastructure, like this one, this is called a cultural facilities project. And I know from um, personal conversations with folks who work on uh, neighborhood projects and city things that they put in for potential inclusion in the bond and they didn't get included. Um, so it is a decision made by the mayoral administration. And maybe that's where my criticism could be more aptly directed is like, why was this put on this bond when our mayor knows what we need, which is housing, better wraparound services for folks who are trying to re-enter housing uh, transportation and transit issues across the city. I mean, that's a that's a thing that goes across demographics. There are things aside. I mean, the conversation about sidewalks is never ending, and the he- biggest part of why we don't have sidewalks being put in quicker is financial. Like we just don't have the money to do it. So it shows to me that the dam has political pull, and um, I wish that there were smaller groups and. Um, there were ways for other groups and people in the city to have as much pull as something like the dam does to get stuff put into the bond. So that's a political question is like, is this, was this the best decision by our city, by the people that represent us? I wonder what that conversation looks like between the head of the art museum, Christoph Heinrich and mayor Hancock. (laughs) Like, is that, is there any like tension there or is it just like, Hey, we'd like, $35 $35 million to help finish our renovation of our North building. Can we put it on the bond? You know how important the art museum is, right, Mayor Hancock? I mean, you could pull the financials probably. And I'm, I I assume that would be a good driver to say, hey, look it. This is like the estimated amount of money that the Denver Art Museum brings into the city every year. That's mm-hmm. our political leverage. Um, and, you know, there was a art, there was like an arts impact study a couple of years ago that said that the arts in Denver bring $2 billion a year in economic impact to the city. Mm-hmm. I would argue not very much of that uh, impact goes back into the local arts community, which is why artists here, like many groups, are still struggling. Um, but it is definitely something that brings people to Denver Mm-hmm. which is important, but in a s- time where we are in such need of basic services for our citizens, I don't care about bringing people to Denver. Like, that's not, if I was in a political office, I would be like, not concerned about that. I want to know how I can best take care of my constituents right now. And a new beautiful front door and event space on an already lovely art museum are kind of like zero priority to me. So I'm imagining a listener out there thinking, well, dang, I was kind of looking forward to seeing that new front door. <laughs> but I don't, and now I don't know what to do with that. Like, <laughs> is, this, is this a call for a boycott? Is this? No, not at all. Like, I don't, I don't, I would never want people to, to boycott the Denver Art Museum. Um, Again, I think that they do great programming. They bring really interesting things to our city, whether I think some of them are questionably really belonging in an art museum or not. Um, but what it, it's more of a call to action when I think about something like our current bond. Mm. Um, evaluating what priorities are, what are priorities for you as a citizen? 
So this bond was passed already. There's really nothing we can do about it. But it is the result, the museum's, to me, excessive renovation in the midst of a sort of uh, economic crisis in certain senses. Um, right now, it seems inappropriate. And there's nothing we can do about it. Like I said, don't don't boycott the museum. The museum is lovely. Enjoy it. Go check it out. If you have enjoyed it, don't feel guilty about taking photographs in it. I mean, that's what it was built for. It's beautiful. Just think about what your priorities are as a citizen when you do things like vote on a bond. Like, what do you want to see in a couple of years? What matters to you? If there's something, so the other part is these bonds, before they go to the ballot, there's a lot of public conversation about them. You can advocate to your council person and say, hey, I just want you to know this is important to me. Can you make a little bit of a stink about the fact that we don't need this on a bond? You can do that. It doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to listen to you, but that's kind of their job is to listen to you. So allow the people that you have elected to represent you to represent you. And I did a lot of advocating that said, I don't think that we should pass this part of the bond at that time in 2017. So John Wenzel wrote this piece where he talked to Christoph Heinrich, who is the head of the museum. And Christoph said, the city is changing and becoming more dense and gentrified. He said, as he looked down on a shuttered Civic Center Park from the roof of the Martin Building. But more people can mean more support for the arts. It was such an interesting juxtaposition of, um, I don't know. It's the Marie Antoinette thing, right? Let them eat cake. He doesn't understand. It's like, look at a painting. No, they need a house. Yes. The people you're looking down on need a place to live, not to look at art. Right. (laughs) You're looking down at a park where people are literally on the margins of society needing support and you're standing on the rooftop of this gorgeous art fortress. Like, have a moment there to say, what are we doing? Who are our priorities? What matters? And that's like, again, this was part of a larger picture of a big bond project. We have another one coming through. Think about what you want your money to go towards. Because this is your money as a taxpayer. It's your money. All right, let's leave it there. Listeners, we'll be back with you soon. Thanks for joining me, Bree. Thanks, Paul. <laughs>